Welcome to Minnesota Matters. I'm Tasha Radel, and I'm joined by Eminence Bill Werner, Brent Palm, and Blois Olson. We're going to delve into what's happening in the North Star State. If it matters in Minnesota, we've got it covered. This week, 988 Life Centers continued to connect with Minnesotans. The winter of 2023-24 in Minnesota will go down in the record books. We continue our series this week on youth sports in Minnesota. But first, this was the week that Minnesotans and the nation remembered and honored Burnsville officers Paul Elmstrand and Matthew Ruge and firefighter paramedic Adam Finseth who gave their lives when a domestic call turned into a standoff and then into tragedy. Eminence Bill Werner is here with a report. Tasha, legislative business at the state capitol halted as Minnesotans remembered the two fallen officers and paramedic. It is right for us to pause uh, to honor their sacrifice and their service and to support the community and their families in whatever way we can. Senate Majority Leader Aaron Murphy, among the estimated 10,000 gathered at Grace Church in Eden Prairie, many more at a satellite location and watching online. Ready, step. Ready, face. Freeze, head, hold. The families are grateful for your presence here today. Those of you who are here in person, those of you who are in rooms all around this uh, great facility, and wherever else you may be watching from, they're grateful to have you paying attention to them. Eulogies for the officers. Sergeant Adam Medlicott, injured in the standoff that took the lives of his three colleagues, told the assembled mourners that Officer Elmstrand had been talking to him about the open sergeant position. He was asking questions about the testing process and what it was like to be a sergeant. Chief, I think Paul would have made an excellent sergeant. Burnsville Deputy Police Chief Matt Smith lauded Elmstrand's dedication to honoring fallen officers, noting he had applied to the Law Enforcement Memorial Association. Paul was notified just a few weeks ago that he had made the Lima Honor Guard team where he would have honored the fallen as we are doing today. Officer Pete Mueller said fellow officer Matt Ruge brought his partner Paul Elmstrand to safety even though he was hurt himself, repeatedly risking his life, and then making the ultimate sacrifice. And it is unacceptable that Matt did not go home that morning. The loss that his family and friends feel is unbearable. And at the same time, it is also true that Ruge left us with remarkable gifts. I noticed that I'm saying I love you a lot this last week and a half, and I'm hearing I love you a lot, too. Burnsville Fire Department Captain Brandon Johansson said paramedic Adam Finseth was one of the most selfless people he's ever known. His compassion knew no bounds, and he had an unparalleled knack for sensing when something just wasn't right. Adam, I know you're up there in heaven probably looking down and thinking, this is all too much. Well, brother, you deserve it. You are the best of us. We love you, we miss you, we promise to take care of the family and each other. Your legacy and impact will live on forever. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Brad Finseth, reading from the 15th chapter of the book of John, verses that now apply to his son, paramedic Adam Finseth.
Burnsville Police and Fire Department Chaplain Mark Patrick addressed the question on the minds of many across Minnesota and the nation, recalling a prayer he had several years ago with a woman whose partner had died in his sleep. Jesus Christ, why, why did this happen? I said, Lord, even as we ask this, we know there are no answers that would satisfy. So we ask you, stay close. Give us even a glimmer of hope that we can make it through this. We so need you right now. The final bell tolling for the officers and the paramedic who gave their lives. And then... All units stand by for final call. Officer Matthew Rugi, batch 45183. Officer Paul Elmstrand, batch 45176. And firefighter Adam Finseth, batch number 83, have answered their final call. Empire to 45183, 45176. Firefighter 83, may you forever rest in peace. Nearly 1,500 vehicles joined the procession from the church, which wended its way 21 miles past mourners lining the route back to Burnsville, where officers Paul Elmstrand and Matthew Ruge and firefighter paramedic Adam Finseth gave their lives in the line of duty. Thanks, Bill. More Minnesota Matters after this. Considering an online pharmacy? Explore BeSafeRx to find useful information and resources to help you purchase medicines safely online. A safe online pharmacy requires a doctor's prescription, has an address in the United States, has a licensed pharmacist, and is licensed by a state pharmacy board. It's best to stay away from online pharmacies that don't meet these criteria. Discover more helpful tips and resources at BeSafeRx. Go to FDA.gov slash BeSafeRx. Did you know there's a number you can call or text anytime you need immediate emotional support? It's 988. Maybe you're feeling super anxious, having thoughts of suicide, or really just need someone to talk to. While calling or texting 988 connects you with counselors in Minnesota who will listen and help you work through whatever you're dealing with. It's totally free, completely confidential, and here for you 24-7. Call or text 988 anytime. This message brought to you by the Minnesota Department of Health. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. I'm Tasha Radel. Minnesota is one of 26 states that passed legislation preparing funding for implementation of 988 as a mental health crisis hotline. Most in-state calls are now routed to one of four centers operated by different organizations regionally rather than anywhere nationwide. Carolina De Los Rios is Senior Program Officer of Mental Health and Suicide Prevention at Greater Twin Cities United Way, which operates the call center that serves 14 counties around the Twin Cities metro. Carolina, can you give us some background on the implementation from 1-800-273-TALK 
to 988. 988 is what it was formerly known as the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. So last year, actually, we transitioned from National Suicide Prevention Lifeline to 988, which is a crisis line, crisis lifeline, dedicated to anyone who is experiencing any sort of crisis. And it's free, confidential, and we are open 24-7. So this is like the, the wonderful thing about just for anyone listening out there, experiencing a crisis or figuring out actually this is a crisis just to call 988. Um, we have trained crisis counselors who can help um, anyone to figure things out, to point them in the right direction for resources, and just to be able to support um, someone who is experiencing distress or emotional concern. And I know that the 988 line um, was kind of, I, I think it was the kind of the unofficial official launch was last July. Have we have we been seeing uh, Minnesotans utilizing lines? Absolutely, absolutely. We basically saw before the launching, Minnesotans were um, using already the 1-800 numbers that it was for the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Yet after the launching, um, when it became the three digits, 988, we saw a significant increase in the calls that we were getting. Um, and, and definitely, uh, I think it's because it's easy to remember and it's more accessible. People are used to three digits, calling 911 or calling 211. Now it's 988. And then let's talk a little bit, you know, what a crisis for me might be different from someone else that's having a crisis. Can you give us a few examples of perhaps maybe why uh, folks are reaching out to the 988 line? Absolutely, yeah. So you're absolutely right, Sasha. Like, my crisis might look different to your crisis, and that's part of, of how sometimes it's so complex to figure it out mental health issues and emotional distress because I might be affecting um, significantly by um, the loss of my job. Let's say someone else might be significantly affected uh, because they're grieving the loss of a significant one. Um, and uh, someone might be affected by um, a breakup. And the crisis for every person is going to feel differently and sometimes um, some of us not have enough um, coping skills to deal with a crisis, so this is the first time that something is happening to us in that specific situation, and we just don't have um, enough resources at that moment to to deal with the crisis. And that's why it's so critical the work that IAA is doing, because basically when someone is experiencing a crisis um, connected to a specific life circumstance, um, our crisis counselors can help that person to first figuring out, right, what have you tried? Let's talk about what things you have not tried. Is this is the first time that you're experiencing this? So a lot of things that sometimes people are not comfortable talking to someone else, either because they might not have the support system or they have it, they prefer not to discuss personal things related to mental health. So it is easier sometimes for a, for a lot of people to reach out, to talk to someone that they don't know and that they know is confidential and that they are trained to help them figure things out and to listen and to like help pretty much map out that crisis. What, what does it mean? How can we support you? So it, it definitely fills in that gap that many people in our communities um, don't have that, 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 that support, that community support to, to be able to, sometimes they just don't have access, right, to mental health um, resources, and this is that one resource that they can access very easily and free. 
And then lastly, Carolina, what do you want, if there was a message you could get out there, what do you want Minnesotans to take away today about 988? I think I would want everyone out there to know that first, all of us experience emotional distress or mental health issues at some point in our lives multiple times in our lives, and that's totally part of um, how we as humans um, face challenges. And when we face challenges and we experience emotional distress or we have um, mental health issues, it's important to find support. Sometimes people are not comfortable immediately going to a therapy. So this 98 can give you that first um, sort of contact with um, with the mental health system, with cra- uh, trained crisis counselors that can help you first to um, figure things out and point you to the right direction. So there is no, um, I, will, I will want everyone to think that they are not alone, that you can contact us, that we can help you figure things out. Um, if you are feeling suicidal, feeling comfortable in disclosing those thoughts because that's what we are here for. So there is nothing that you're going to be disclosing to us in terms of your emotional distress that we won't be able to listen to and support you and validate you and and point you to the right direction. So we're here. We're free. We're confidential. Um, We are very, very welcoming. Um, Every caller that contacts uh, our centers feel immediately that warm, that that relief, that actually you are being listened. So I will encourage everyone, like, out there to, like, recommend to someone that they seem to be um, struggling with something just to connect with us. I mean, we definitely are um, also trained to connect with resources. We are um, centers that are being, like, our crisis counselors are local in, in Minnesota in each of the communities. They live in your community. Um, so we know exactly the struggles that all the communities from different groups and identities are going through so we and we can connect with resources as well. So um, encouraging you, we are welcoming, we're free, we're 24-7. Um, don't struggle alone. We're here to, to support you. Thanks again to my guest, Carolina De Los Rios, Senior Program Officer of Mental Health and Suicide Prevention at the Greater Twin Cities United Way. More Minnesota Matters after this. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. I'm Tasha Radel. The winter of 2023-24 in Minnesota will go down in the state record books. On this week's show, MN's Brent Palm talks about the record warm temperatures and lack of snowfall from December through February with an assistant state climatologist. Pete Boulay from the state climatology office. When we talked last time, uh, you mentioned that you folks had named it the lost winter of 2023-2024. Pete, did it live up to its name? Oh, absolutely. Out of 92 days in meteorological winter, we had exactly about 13 days of real winter where the temperature was below average, uh, below normal. And otherwise, there was literally almost no winter at all this season. We had less than two weeks. I know, you know, you keep the records for the entire state. Was this statewide? Was this parts of the state? Was it super duper warm all over this winter we were just starting to search for who had the most winter in the state and like uh, for the most snow was war road where they got about 40 inches uh wolf ridge right on the north shore only had about 30 inches and last winter they had uh, over 150 inches of snow so a lot different from last winter but overall the average state statewide temperature uh, looking at the preliminary numbers will probably be right around 25 degrees for the winter that's december 1st through the end of february that's uh, uh 10 degrees above normal and uh, will probably be the warmest winter on record in the state uh, probably edging out 1997-98 which is about 22.2 degrees so uh, it looks like we'll 
definitely have the warmest winter overall in the state. Maybe from city to city, not everybody will see the warmest winter. I think Waseca is one place that might have the second warmest winter. But looking for most cities, this will probably be uh, the winter to remember for warmth. Yeah, you mentioned 98. I remember playing golf with my brother in the Northwest Metro in the winter of 98. The difference for me, Pete, the ground was so frozen. I think I told you the story before. Our nine irons were going about 300 yards because they were bouncing. (laughs) And I can't remember a time where my ground didn't freeze. I mean, I hope this is good for grass in the spring, but in my entire lifetime, our ground is not frozen in our yard right now. Yeah, we had very shallow frost. Our soil temperatures barely got below freezing, not only you know, around the Twin Cities, but throughout much of central and southern Minnesota, just not much frost to speak of at all. Um, in fact, places like Lamberton and Waseca, they're, they're pretty much done with frost. There's still a little bit of hanging on in the central part of the state, and of course, more up in the north. But really, overall, uh, very little frost in the ground this year. And what we had was really shallow, and it's thawing quickly if it hasn't already. Yeah, and I think when we spoke before, you mentioned that, I think it was 1877, 78 was the only one that compares to this year. What happened that winter? Yeah, very similar to this winter. 1877-78 was a year without a winter. It it had uh, some similar qualities, like there was about a a week or two of winter in January where there was some snow and cold, and we had some of that too. Uh, We had some below zero temperatures across the whole state too this winter, but was pretty much the same kind of thing, and it had a really warm finish just like this one. So very, very close comparison, and it looks like uh, we will probably edge that winter out. The one thing I'm really looking at is ice out. Uh, will the lakes uh, lose their ice uh, really early? And they're already losing uh, their ice, like in Martin County and places like that to our south. They're losing their ice and uh, about a month early right now. And even uh, you know, with the ice going out and the frost going out and no snow on the ground, the fire season's also starting really early, about six weeks early. Yeah, it's interesting The DNR put out its annual news release that um, fish houses in the southern half of the state need to be off the ice by next week. How many fish houses <laughs> even made it onto the lake in the first place? Seriously. Uh, I, I saw portables out there more than anything this year. There were, I didn't see any big uh, fish houses out at all, at least on lakes that I, I drive by. Uh, it was a very, very limited season for sure. It was a very short one. Yeah, and, and and you mentioned the fire season. We talked to the DNR this week. I think they said 50 fires already in the last week and a half. Really? Okay, I, I didn't know that. That's uh, that's interesting. Wow. So, yeah, I guess it's starting off with a bang already. So you get the right conditions. And one thing I'd worry about is that the we never had deep snow to flatten the grasses out there, so they're all standing up still. So the fuel is ready to go um, if we get the right conditions for sure. Warm and windy and dry. Yeah, and I know the Twin Cities set a record. I believe it was 65 this week. Duluth had a record. Mm-hmm. I think Rochester or Fargo. So in addition to, you know, statewide average temp, man, we had a lot of days above 50. So, like, for instance, in the Twin Cities, we had 18 days of 50 degrees or more this winter, and the old record was eight. So we really destroyed that record. I mean, we went well above and beyond the previous record in number of 50s, and that's also the case at places like Rochester, St. Cloud. Many places in the state had had 50-degree temperatures this winter multiple times. So that was another thing that really stood out. And obviously the other thing that really (laughs) stands out is, like you said, that lack of snowfall. It's just amazing. Yeah, and you know, uh, not only here but up north, in any winter, it's a big state. You 
you tend to have some more snow here here or there or anything like that. And, and up north, there's really a whole lot of nothing. Usually the North Shore Trail that runs around Duluth up to Grand Marais uh, would have snow uh, that you could snowmobile in. And this this winter, nothing. We really haven't had much going on at all. It's It's been very poor conditions out there. So that was probably the, the biggest negative this winter, the impact of winter recreation, snowmobiling, skiing, skating, ice fishing. So that was a big loss this winter for sure. Well, Pete, we always appreciate the statistics in your knowledge. Sure. And, uh, you know, you you predicted it a few weeks ago. And uh, like a winter I've I've never experienced. I'm baffled by this winter. I, I really, we had an idea to be warm because El Nino would make it warm. But if you'd have told me it was going to be the warmest winter on record, I probably would have disagreed with you. So it was a surprise to be this warm, to, to make it through the whole winter without really much of a winter, just a taste once in a while. But that was about it, you know. I guess we'll have to see what spring brings now, I guess. Eminem's Brent Palm and Assistant State Climatologist Pete Boulay. More Minnesota Matters after this. Did you know that birthday parties help build confidence in kids? Yeah. Did you know that giving kids less sugar before bedtime helps them sleep better? Oh, totally. Did you know that friendly kids have more friends? Everybody knows that. Hey, guys, did you know that most people think they're using the right car seat for their kid, but they're not? I didn't know that. Parents who really know it all know for sure that their child is in the right car seat at the right age and size. Visit safercar.gov slash the right seat to make sure your child is protected. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Did you know there's a number you can call or text anytime you need immediate emotional support? It's 988. Maybe you're feeling super anxious, having thoughts of suicide, or really just need someone to talk to. While calling or texting 988 connects you with counselors in Minnesota who will listen and help you work through whatever you're dealing with. It's totally free, completely confidential, and here for you 24-7. Call or text 988 anytime. This message brought to you by the Minnesota Department of Health. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. I'm Tasha Radel. Up next is Blois Olson continuing his series on youth sports in Minnesota. Hello, this is Blois Olson for Minnesota Matters. Recently moderated a panel in St. Paul with legislative leaders that took a deep dive into issues related to long-term care in Minnesota. Now, as the legislature is trying to prepare for the future of aging, what is the plan? Two of the panelists included Deputy Majority Leader Nick Frentz and Senator Paul Aki. Senator Aki talked about workforce challenges that have changed in post-pandemic world and how the state's adjusting. This conversation is brought to you by Leading Age Minnesota. I don't know, that plan is a moving target constantly and these people know better than all the rest of us how that is moving. And some of the things that I see that have taken place in the last year or two over at the Capitol because uh, I have sat I'm going into my eighth year at the Capitol and we'll be going into my eighth year on human services and also a, a number of those years in the healthcare committee. So it's been kind of the uh, wheelhouse that we've been working in. But as we look at that plan, it being a moving target, um, workforce is changing and workforce is one of your biggest challenges. And of course, COVID moved that right to the top of the list and made it really a bad, big challenge. We see this in other industries too, but in other industries, you've got the chance where if somebody doesn't show up for a few hours, you can work around it. You don't have that workaround time. Our workforce is gonna be probably not all the full-time employees we have, but we're gonna have more part-time employees filling in too, so that you fill your whole staff. Your HR department is gonna be looking at things totally differently, I see going forward too. 
But then, let's throw in another curveball that just happened this past year. That happens to be the paid family medical leave. What are all your employees, their caregivers? Now, when they have somebody at home or a relative that needs care, they're the perfect person to bring into the situation because when you get to the level of care that we're talking about here, it's, it's high-level care. Well, those employees can fill that need. Well, now what do they do? They leave you shorthanded. Um, the, you know, there's, the legislation is out there. I believe that's going to create a bigger issue for you guys, basically throughout of all of our medical providers, because once again, they're the front line, and uh, they're the people we want to help uh, have helping us out. Keep in mind one caveat. We have, since you mentioned education, all the other industries who are competing for workers. Do you want to know about competition? A year ago in November, Mankato had 1.8% unemployment, the lowest of any city in the nation. So right now we're already hearing from my employer, brothers and sisters, it's tough to hire anybody unless you steal them from another employer. And I don't like people that sugarcoat it either. That's where we are right now in your industry at a time of increasing demand, right? This is where you are in 2024. Where's it gonna be in 2028? We will have to continue to dedicate resources, but again, you'll be in a conversation with other industries who say some of the same things. And if you take, for example, retail, our local chamber of commerce is just saying, we cannot hire anybody. There is nobody out there. And this in a university town with 17,000 students who stop by for nine months a year. So I think we'll continue to have to fight for those resources, but just keep in mind, although you are a high priority, there are other industries who say the same thing. And once you turn the dial in favor of um, school bus drivers or personal care attendants, you will immediately have the opposite effect on the other employers who are saying, well, I can't compete with that. And we didn't talk about uh, unemployment insurance for school district employers, but that's another example where the state legislature said, we want people to come and work here, but those are just employees that are now less likely to come work for you or take the career path that it's into. And so um, I don't think it's simple, and we'll have to go back up every January or February and slug it out. That's what makes it a great job. We train a lot of new nurses in this state and they don't stop here to get their license. They go right out of state, get the license, because all of a sudden that license is good in about 45 states. And now if you're in the medical field, that's really important because you can follow your patients wherever they happen to go throughout the year. But it also affects our long-term care because if they go get that license, now are they coming back to Minnesota? Well, I gotta get that license just for this job. They're, they're busy working everywhere else. We have to make it as easy as possible for them to come here and work for us. And that's one step that would help us. Um, and we can do that. It doesn't, I mean, it, they have to have the same training, the same, pass the same tests and everything. There's no reason for us to be an outlier. And I think that would also help out because the workforce shortage is real. We have to th think outside the box. We have to be geared up every day to, how are we gonna out, basically outfox our neighbor? Because everybody's after these people. And if they're talented, you bet everybody's after them. So we gotta be able to capture them, get them to come to work for us. So that's a big deal going forward because that, work, that pool of workers is getting smaller. And we can't keep trading them around Minnesota. Let's start getting them in from these states around us. They're doing it to us. Let's get them back. Thanks, Blois. 
That's going to do it for this week's edition of Minnesota Matters. Be sure to join us again next week on this MNN affiliate station. Same time, same place. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, I'm Tasha Radolph.